I now call Alex Salmond. Thank you, uh, Presiding Officer. Can I, can I first turn to the uh, contributions of the other uh, party leaders? Uh, can I thank Ian Gray for his congratulations and for his uh, good wishes? Uh, I thank him also for reminding me what I said in 1999. I, I think I'd have to acknowledge that commenting on Donald Joe's eating habits was perhaps not my wisest uh, expression <laughs> ever in, uh, in that period. But perhaps from that period, <clears throat> I, I can say something uh, to Ian personally. Uh, I had led the party to election defeat in, in 1999, uh, and I tried the, the best I could. I thought I put forward some good arguments. Uh, but uh, the, uh, from that uh, defeat, a, a number of things became uh, apparent to me in terms of the presentation of whatever we had to say in politics. I thank Ian for the way in which he's uh, expressed his good wishes. But more importantly, uh, I know and believe that uh, in whatever format, uh, Ian will continue to pay a substantial contribution to Scottish public life. And I wish him extremely well in pursuing that. Now, Annabel Goldie uh, has set uh, a number of hairs running, as is her, her tendency. Not least which, Annabel, is there are a number of people just up there who are currently examining and wondering how they're going to express the fact that you seem to have an intimate knowledge of what I wear when I'm tucked <laughs> up in bed at night. Uh, I'm not sure, Annabel, if we're going to easily uh, escape from uh, that particular hair you've set running, but nonetheless, I'm sure our joint efforts of uh, spin maestros will uh, be employed in order to get us out of that particular fix. Uh, can I say that, Animal, since uh, you've also decided to, to, to pass on the, the, the torch, uh, that I heard that announcement with a, a mixture of sadness uh, and some relief. Uh, sadness because I am going to miss enormously uh, the wit in particular which you pursued your case and your cause uh, a First Minister's question. I really am going to, to miss that. A relief, of course, because I was often the, the subject of uh, that wit. <laughs> Uh, and therefore, there is a, a, a consolation in that sense of regret. But can I also wish you, Annabelle, when the time comes, uh, every success in the endeavours you choose to pursue? Now, can I say to Willie Rennie that uh, Michael Foote once said of, of David Steele, and uh, I know that Michael uh, meant it uh, kindly. He said that David Steele was an example of someone who'd gone from boy wonder to elder statesman with no intervening period whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I have to say, Willie, you're an example of somebody who's gone from new member to party leader with no <coughs> intervening period whatsoever. But you're absolutely right to say that uh, a position in a parliament is not dependent on numbers. I have personal experience of that as well in the Westminster Parliament. It is dependent on the strength and calibre of argument as well. And you are absolutely right to point to that. It will be the clarity of the voice which you and your party put forward uh, on which you shall be judged. And I thank you very much for your congratulations and good wishes today. And to Patrick Harvey, uh, of the various contributions, Patrick, I am certain that you have caught the, the lesson of this election for all of us, not just for other parties, but for, for my party as well. Positivity was what the people of Scotland responded to in the election campaign. Uh, and understandably, in tough times, and times are tough, 
Some people say, well, that's not necessarily the message that people in Scotland want to hear. A positive message is important, not just in difficult times, but particularly in difficult times. Uh, and that uh, essence of uh, lesson for this party and for this entire parliament is extremely valuable and important as we conduct all of our politics as we move forward as a country. I'd also say, Patrick, if uh, anyone was looking for how to uh, deploy arguments in such a way that uh, a parliamentary party of two members had a substantial influence in the last parliament, uh, then they could look no further than to your example. I am certain that you will deploy these skills in the next parliament, both yourself and your new member, who I welcome to the chamber. And finally, to Margot, job sharing seems an a, a extraordinary demand to make at this stage, uh, Margot, although I'm not dismissing the concept out of hand. In, in, the, in the manner of consensus politics, I shall fully consider whether there are days in where you could take over uh, and, uh, and uh, deploy your, your talents as, uh, as First Minister. But can I say this to you, that being elected in three successive elections as an independent member is an extraordinary achievement yeah. in any parliament, in this parliament, and uh, all of this chamber should recognise that and perhaps for all of us recognise the ability and the presentation which allowed you to conduct that success. So I thank you for your remarks, Margot, and I recognise that. Actually, being elected three times, there is an argument you should get to keep the parliament, of course. <laughs> I shall consider that as well, but many thanks indeed for your congratulations. <laughs> Ian Gray uh, reminded us, presiding officer, of what uh, I said to Donald Dewar in 1999. Uh, I want to start by uh, reminding the Parliament of what Donald Dewar said to this Parliament uh, in 1999. When Donald uh, invoked Scotland's diverse voices. He said, the speak of the Mairns, the shout of the welder above the din of the Clyde shipyard, the battle cries of Bruce and Wallace. Now we have a position where these voices of the past are joined in this chamber by the sound of 21st century Scotland, the lyrical Italian of Marco Biagi, the formal Urdu of Hamza Yosef, the sacred Arabic of Hanzala Malik. We are proud, as a parliament, of having those two languages spoken here alongside English, Gaelic, Scots and Doric. Because this land is their land, from the sparkling sands of the islands to the glittering granite of our cities. It belongs to all who choose to call it home. And that includes new Scots who have escaped persecution or conflict in Africa or the Middle East. It means Scots whose forebears fed famine in Ireland and elsewhere. That is, who belongs here? But let's be clear also about what does not belong here. As the song tells us, for Scotland to flourish, then let us be rid of these bigots and fools who will not let Scotland live and let live. Our new Scotland is built on an old custom of hospitality. We offer a hand that's open to all, whether they hail from England, Ireland, Pakistan or Poland. Modern Scotland is also built on equality. We will not tolerate sectarianism as a parasite in our national game of football 
or anywhere else in this society. Because Scotland's strength has always lain in its diversity. In the poem, Scotland Small, Hugh McDermott challenged those who would diminish us with stereotype. Scotland Small, he asked, our multiform or infinite Scotland Small, only as a patch of hillside may be a cliche corner to a fool who cries, nothing but heather. The point is that even the smallest patch of hillside contains enormous variation of bluebells, blaeberries, mosses. So describe Scotland as nothing but heather is, as McDermott said, marvellously descriptive, but totally incomplete. To, to describe Scotland as small is similarly misleading. Scotland is not small. It's not small in imagination, and it's not short in ambition. It is infinite in its diversity. It is alive with possibility. Two weeks ago, the voters of Scotland, the people of Scotland, embraced that possibility. They, like what this Parliament has done within the devolved settlement negotiated by Donald Dewey. They like what the first minority SNP government achieved, and now they want more. They want Scotland to have the economic levers to prosper in this century. They are excited by the opportunity to reindustrialise our country through marine renewable energy, offering skilled, satisfying work to school leavers and graduates alike. But they also know that we need tools to do the job properly. And this chamber, I believe, understands that as well. So my message today is let us act as one and demand Scotland's right. Let us build a better future for our young people by gaining the powers that we need to speed recovery and to create jobs. And let us wipe away past equivocation and ensure that the present Scotland Act is worthy of its name. There is actually a great deal on which we are agreed. Occasionally in the hurly burly of an election campaign, and I'm as guilty as this as anyone else, we tend to forget that. So let's just remember the extent of the agreement that we share across this Parliament. The three economic changes I've already promoted to the Scotland Bill were chosen from the SNP manifesto, certainly, but also because they command and have commanded the support from other parties across this chamber. All sides of the Parliament support the need for additional and immediate capital borrowing powers so we can invest in our infrastructure and continue the growth in our economy. And I'm very hopeful that that will be delivered. The Liberal Democrats, the Greens and many in the Labour Party agree that the Crown Estate revenues should be repatriated to Scottish communities. We await Westminster's reply. Our leading job creators back this government's call for control of corporation tax to be included in the Scotland Bill. The Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, a Conservative, supports the devolution of this tax. And the cross-party committee of the last Parliament, this last Parliament, agreed unanimously that if the principle was conceded in Northern Ireland, then Scotland must have the same right. But these are not the only issues which carries support across this chamber. And there are three more which I want to draw attention to. Why not give us control of our own excise? We have a mandate, this government, to implement a minimum price for alcohol. We intend to pursue that in this parliament, come what may. 
However, our Labour colleagues agree that it is correct to set a minimum price, but they were concerned about where the revenues would go. But gaining control of excise would answer that question. It means that we can tackle our country's alcohol problem and invest any additional revenue in public services. So I ask Labour members to join with me in calling for control of alcohol taxes so that we together can face down Scotland's issue with booze. Another key aspect of our national life controlled by Westminster is broadcasting. All of Scotland is poorly served as a result. If we had some influence over this currently reserved area, we could, for example, create the Scottish Digital Channel, something that all parties, every party, every member in the last Parliament supported as long ago as the 8th of October 2008. We agree that such a platform would promote our artistic talent and hold up a mirror to this nation. How Scotland promotes itself to the world is important. How we talk to each other is also critical. These are exciting times for our country. We need more space for our cultural riches, for a lively, intelligent discourse about the nation we are and the nation we aspire to be. Finally, many of us, I think a great number of us, believe in this globalised era. Scotland needs more influence in the European Union, particularly in the Council of Ministers. At the moment, that is in the gift of Westminster. Sometimes it's forthcoming, more often it's withheld. Now, we in the Scottish National Party argue for full sovereignty. We will continue that argument. It would give us an independent voice in the European Union. However, short of that, the Scotland Bill could be changed to improve our current position. When the first Scotland Act was debated back in 1998, there was a proposal, as I remember it from the Liberal Democrats, to include a mechanism that gave Scotland more power to influence European policy. It was defeated then. But uh, why not revisit that proposal from 1998? Let Scotland have a guaranteed say in the forums where decisions are made that shape our industries and increasingly our laws. Now, I've outlined six areas of potential common ground which stretch across this Parliament to a greater or lesser extent. Borrowing powers, corporation tax, the Crown Estate, excise duty, digital broadcasting, and a stronger say in European policy. I think we should seize the moment, act together to bring these powers back home, let this Parliament move forward as one to make Scotland better. Norman Keg observed <clears throat> that when you swish your hand in a stream, the waters are muddied, but then they settle all the clearer. On May the 5th, the people of our country swished up the stream and now the way ahead is becoming clear. We are, see our nation emerge from the glare of self-doubt and negativity. A change is coming and the people are ready. They put ambition ahead of hesitation. And the process is not about endings, it's about beginnings. Whatever changes take place in our constitution, we will remain close to our neighbours. We will continue to share a landmass, a language, a wealth of experience and history with the other peoples of these islands. My dearest wish, my dearest wish, is to see the countries of Scotland and England stand together as equals. There is a difference between partnership and subordination. The first encourages mutual respect, the second breeds resentment. So let me finish with the words of Andrew Fletcher of Saltoon, who addressed this Parliament in 1706, before it was adjourned, 
for 300 years. He observed that all nations are dependent, the one upon the many. This much we know. But he warned that the greater must also always swallow the lesser. If that's the case, we are all diminished. His fears were realized in 1707. But the age of empires is over. Now we determine our own future based on our own needs. We know our worth. We should take pride in it. So let us heed the words of Saltoun and go forward into the community of nations to learn our own independent weight to the world.